forget. I, I, I knew it. I knew it. What's going on, everybody? We are uh, back after a long break. And uh, if you're watching this, you're a Patreon. Because I can't have this episode on YouTube. I might put it on Rumble. So you might be able to see this on Rumble. So maybe that's what I'll do. But yeah, welcome. Happy New Year thought this episode i would do something a little different i was thinking maybe i'll just ring off the new year with like uh top 10 of my favorite albums and they might you might like them too and i'll talk a little bit about each one i'll try to and yeah that's i mean that's about it i don't have anything else to really say about why i've been away for so long and but uh uh eventually i'll talk about it but it's nothing bad it's just that's boring i might as well just get right into my top 10 albums and uh see how that goes i might do some slight editing with this thing but because i've been away for a while but uh i gotta get back into my rhythm the rhythm, rhythm. Okay, I got my uh, processor here. Uh, everybody remembers this one. We all, we all remember this guy right here. I'm back. But uh, yeah, here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get right into it. Uh, here's uh, my top ten albums, and uh, these are albums. I'm a singles guy. Albums. I don't typically listen to albums all the way through and the, and I've, and there's a lot of them that I do. Uh, I'm just saying I rarely put it, get an album these days and just play it. And if I did back then during the CDs days or cassette days, um, for sure. But, uh, you ended up using them for singles or parts of them and then people would advance for six disc CD players. So then it could just shuffle and go nuts. And these are really, I could like almost memorize them in my head. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of those albums out there, but these are the ones that I think influenced me the most and, uh, musically and culturally and kind of formed the, my style and, uh, the way I dress even, and, the, and just the type of person that I am, I guess, besides jeans and what my mom and dad told me. And uh, there's a lot of that, though. And this is going past my definite roots, which is which is Baptist church music, gospel, you know, singing choir. My parents made us sing, well, encouraged, but encouraged, encouraged slash slash made us sing in front of church. And 
that was fine and dandy, and we learned a lot from that. So, that is my roots, and I, I do find myself falling back into that. And a lot of Tyler Childers stuff lately has really touched on, like, old gospel, southern gospel type stuff that Baptists, people that are raised Baptists usually get a piece of that in their music. So, uh, that's that, and then that kind of grew into me being uh, maybe 10 years old where I could finally... I'm allowed to, you start forming a taste and, or you hear things and you're like, I like that. I want to hear more of that. And at that time it was, uh, R and B and, uh, there wasn't a lot of secular music. My parents would let us listen to, but the first secular album we were able to get, cause she found out they were Christian boys was boys to men with the album two. <laughs> Yeah, this one really grabbed me. They, uh, it was all, me and my brothers would sing in church together, three-part harmony, and this was right up our alley. We could hear all these vocal harmonies together, and uh, we were nothing close to even being good enough to show people. It was just funny to try to sing the parts <laughs> it's impossible especially being dumb kids that couldn't sing yet but um or none of us you know i don't sing that you know i sing but you know whatever it's not uh uh what is the lead guy's name wanye or what yeah i forget it's like wanye or something he's amazing but yeah this record my mom thought was too, too upbeat, but you know, they had a good message with most of it. And then unfortunately this album did have a song called I'll make love to you that my parents didn't really care for. And can you really blame them? I mean, do you really want your kid? I'll make love to you. Like that's sex. That is talking about sex. So that is that. And uh, funny little story about Boys to Men, though. There was a version of Silent Night that they came out with. And it was a cappella, and we loved it. It was amazing. My mom was like, we have to go get that record for Christmas time. So she gets the record for Christmas time thinking the whole album is going to be like this acapella, wholesome. It's Christmas. And then they have like these sexy songs in the middle. It's not. It's full-blown R&B. That was like the only acapella song on the, on the record. Full-blown R&B. There's a lot of good hits, a lot of good family hits, but in poppy tunes and hip-hoppy and it's all fa fine and dandy until two or two or three songs are just way too sexy for the family. <laughs> just like not the words, just just the whole everything. Yeah, they got the low guy. Yeah, lay you down. Let it snow. I'm gonna lay you down the fireplace. I wanna put you down on the fireplace. Lady. Yeah, baby. My thing's not working. 
Put you down on a fireplace, baby. Let it snow. I don't know, but uh, I should have fucked with this earlier. Anyway, boys to men. It is what it is. All right, the next album. Oh, yeah, boy, yeah, Boys to Men released August 30th, 1994. Okay, next record Bone Thugs and Harmony Creeping on a Come Up. This album was released on August 30th, 1994. No, that's that was released June 21st, 1994. So, right before. Smoking a joke and a creep in a comma Trying to run up To the butt, to the butt, to the butt, to the butt Up, butt up, keep you butt up Keep you slut up, see slightly shady Crazy Lazy Yeah Still don't know all the words <laughs> This is the first, uh, I think, first band group or I ever listened to where they mentioned weed or drugs. I mean, this is hard. This stuff made me afraid. When if a car was playing this type of music, I got afraid, which enticed me to understand it and listen to it. I was if I was afraid, <laughs> so I would uh, sneak and listen to this. Wow. How could five people that good find each other? Like, especially in the hood like that. You know, it's wild. Imagine stumbling upon that. It's it's like uh, barrel fire. Like barrel fire street music. <laughs> but yeah, um, Bone Thugs and Harmony really uh, instilled that hip hop desire. Um, man, I just thought of an honorable mention for this list. I have a. Okay, we're just going to keep going, okay? And this one had, like, classics. I mean, everybody knows the classics, you know. I mean, it was, it was pretty great. Thuggish, Ruggish Bone. This was their first record that they cut with Eazy-E. And uh, R.I.P. And, and they're from Cleveland. And I'm from Cleveland. Well, I'm from a suburb of Cleveland. And uh, it's... Uh, it was like hometown. Loyal to your soil. Browns fans. Everybody was on board with Bone Thugs and Harmony where I'm from. I don't think anybody had a problem if you played a Bone Thugs and Harmony song. Unless you're like, it's got to be a party. And everybody's going to party with Bone Thugs and Harmony. And a lot of people are, are, are that are DJs don't play Crossroads as your last song. You you can't get people to settle down. Settle down. It, it, even though it seems like a closing song and everybody shuffles out the door, no, they don't do that, man. It's it's nice and chill, but you gotta do you gotta cut it to the chase with a closeout song and get them out of there. 
That could be your closeout song. And then af- if that's your closeout song, right after that, play. play. Um, it's got to be obvious closeout song, like Curb Your Enthusiasm things, theme song or something. <laughs> if, you're, if that was literally your last song and they're like, you got to get them out now. You got to curb that. All right. Third album on this list is Matchbox 20, Yourself or Someone Like You. Well, I wonder what it's like to be the rainmaker. This album, it was released on October 1st, 1996 by Lava Records and Atlantic Records. 96. Come and see me when I'm done. When I'm done. All right. Uh, yeah, this was a awesome. This was an awesome uh, record. I liked it. It reminds me of going bowling with my older brother's 16th birthday party. I was 14 at the time. And he got a gift, a birthday gift, and it was this album. And he played it a lot. And then I would, when he wasn't listening to it, I would get it and listen to it. Introducing that like alternative rock 90s thing. Introducing me to rock in general, I guess, in a sense. And you got to understand, when I first heard stuff like this, I it was too rock for my parents. <laughs> it, it was so uh, it was too rock for like it, it's kind of crazy to think that, but that's where, yeah, that's where I'm from. I wasn't from a holy roller type church. It was a uh, very solemn a lot of times, a lot of testimony, a lot of people crying and repenting, and uh, and a lot of songs to. <laughs> bring you to the altar to kneel and pray (laughs) so there wasn't a lot of this stuff like dancing for jesus type of thing a lot of people do it and there's nothing wrong with that it just wasn't our style anyway uh, a little bit about yeah the rob thomas huge influence on me with music and just taste in anything i guess like and again, we're right into culture, you know, of what is cool. What? How do I want to look? Being 14 years old. But yeah, uh, and while that was going on, a lot of other shit was going on. Um, like I said, uh, these aren't uh, the only things I was listening to. I mean, these are just things that I remember that I think influenced me the most. And, uh, okay, I'm not going to explain myself with this list anymore, but let's just say, don't lump me just with this list. Don't, this doesn't identify me, but the, the, I, if I had to choose this, like if I had a gun to my head, this is what I would have to do. And I can't lie and look cool for everybody. But, uh, number four does make me look cool though. Uh, number four, so far, I think they all make me look too cool almost too cool for school 
So this this list might make me look like real douchey. I think. Yeah, I need to find some. <laughs> I mean, there's a like I said, I'm a singles guy. If you knew what exactly my favorite songs, you guys would laugh. I mean, Party in the USA is pretty good. That Miley Cyrus track. That's I, I'm down with that. Well, we go number four. Album number four is uh, I, I'm not going to even say the name yet. Y'all already know. Yeah. Enter Sandman. Oh, what is that album from? Yes, the the Black Album, Metallica's self-titled album. Enter Sandman. Hope I'm not clipping. Jeez. But yeah, Enter Sandman. Or the Black Album. Yeah, this was, uh, I think, 92 or 91. Released on August 12, 1991 by Electrica Records. Electrica. Recording sessions took place at one-on-one studios in Los Angeles over an eight-month span that frequently found Metallica at odds with their new producer, Bob Rock. Imagine that! This is all from uh, Wikipedia, by the way. It's funny that that's in the first paragraph. Like Bob Rock's probably like, "Okay, thanks, thanks a lot." Had to mention that, and not every other great thing about this record coming out. But yeah, uh, not much to say except how badass James Hetfield was. And then Load came out. It was a toss-up between this album and Load. But I kind of listened to it at the same time. So I just picked this one. Because it's cooler. (laughs) And a lot of people hate it on Load. But um, I love Load, man. I actually love the way James Hetfield looked. Uh, I didn't... That's actually my first image of James Hetfield was Load. I didn't know much about him. And then I heard about this and loved this record. The way it was produced. It it sounded so sick in headphones. And, uh, yeah. Metallica kind of gave me, yeah, that dropped low guitar. Probably not as low as a lot of the punk rock kids started doing, were doing, but like, it was still like real metal, like wide leg stance. Just very like iconic rock metal imagery. Heavy drums, just what rock is. Just uh, balls. Very testosterone music testosterone driven oh yeah but yeah there we go for uh that was number four that was number four uh number four metallica enter sandman or metallica 
Metallica. Self-titled record. A lot of you might make fun of me for this one. But this record was badass. I don't care what anybody says. I'll take it to the grave. Um, It was a... Album called Three Dollar Bill Y'all by a band that would label themselves as Olymp Biscuit. Psycho female blowing up the phone line. You need to tell your next crew it's been loose for a long time. I've been slaying with some bad luck. Soon I'm gonna bring you doom with the buck. Buck and now you duck duck goose are at loose with the 30 yard freestyle labeled us down by my profile. Must be on a madness. You went on your tactics. Told for my cash. Gotta make your pocket super fat. Hey, I'm a homo man. Kicking up my jams like a tramp. I'm gonna stick it like a stamp to this business. What's with all the business? I can play to take the microphone and slay the stage. Stay away from all the bros and my band and all the fans and all my friends when the catch is coming in. I run slamming them balls to the wall when the ink on the flesh to the yes, yes. Y'all, no nine to five, I still survive. I keep my engine on that air like a Chattanooga champ. That's all we need, another fancy. Play it on this run, put it in my brain. You wanna play that game, bitch? Dance for my cash, it's your ass that I'm blasting. All right. <laughs> Why you wanna play that game, bitch? Dude, this stuff. Oh my god. Holy shit. <laughs> this shit got me so hype. Like I said, I was 14, 15 when this came out. Wow, I just want to listen to it right now. No! It's just so uh, brutal and uh, just so, like, grimy. <laughs> like, it's just, ugh. It's sick with it. They got sick with it. I loved it. It was released on July 1st, 1997. Wow. This is when I just got out of seventh grade. Is it? 97? I thought it came out in 96. 96. 96. Seven. Okay. All right. That makes sense now. I was in seventh grade. Right, I'm getting confused. Okay. Yes. Yep. I was in seventh grade. No, I was getting out of seventh grade. What the hell? Anyway, I have a memory. The reason why I'm getting all screwed up right now is because I have a memory of being in seventh grade. And I went from seventh in seventh grade from 70, 97, 96, 97 was my seventh grade year. And beginning, it was the end of 96 beginning of 97 in my eighth grade year so i guess the beginning of 97 okay what okay my sixth grade year was 96 and 97 my seventh grade year was seven ninety seven to 98 all right yeah okay that makes sense okay it all makes sense to me now okay oh my god my memory serves me correctly guys i'm thinking about a time in class where my cousin told people that he was really into limp biscuit and i know that was seventh grade class and I was like, how did that happen before the album? What? Okay, everything's making sense now. Sorry. But yeah, I mean, shit. People even say I look like this guy. Fred Durst sometimes. Like, I mean, not only when I wear a fitted hat backwards. And I, I was like a little bit thinner. It, yeah, for sure. Um, What can I say, man? I was, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Biscuit, even to this day. I love those guys. Not much to say, except that's another culture adoption that I kind of like was influenced by. 
I, I started liking hip hop and all this rock and heavy stuff was coming out. And I was like, oh, this is a, it's both worlds all in one hip hop and rock music. All right, cool. And an honorable mention for the same year is uh, this band and this particular album that this, this entire album here. Why did it play? There we go. Yeah, this is Pink on Nine Lives by uh, Aerosmith. This entire record was just so awesome to me. All the great guitar playing and just the instruments and everybody in the band was just so good with the instruments. I was used to all this uh, just meathead music and then this kind of like got me into a more spaced, tamed type of rock music. Matchbox 20 was that too. I don't really know. Uh, But this was an honorable mention for the exact same time of year around that time just came out in 97 and uh listen to it all the time so i had to shove it in there so fifth place i cheated and put two albums in fifth place I just want to jam to all these stuff, guys. But yeah, like I said, this is this can't be on YouTube. It's not going to be on YouTube because uh, they're not going to let me put it on there. So all you guys streaming and listening, thank you for listening. But yeah, this is uh, tied with fifth place. All right, number six is going to have to be... Uh, and uh, you guys are probably, some of you are going to be like, typical, typical. I knew it would be this record because it's not really steering far away from what's the trend is right now. But I have to put it on because it was. You Released on April 13th, 1999. Released by Flip Records and Electra Records. Stained, stained dysfunction. There we go. Jeez. Did the wrong thing. Stained dysfunction. Man, I listened to this record all the way through so many freaking times. Loved his voice. And it, it was actually at this time where I got really into Alice in Chains and all that stuff. It was 
uh, it took a lot to break me into different directions because, uh, like I said, grew up in very secluded, musically secluded household. It was uh, secular music was not allowed. My parents did a good job from keeping me away from the world, but I, I think they they'd be. I don't know how good of a job they'd be nowadays. It's man, it, debauchery is just force fed to us all. <laughs> now it's not even like you accidentally will find out about how babies <laughs> are made on accident. Your kid's gonna come in, mommy, vagina, dick. You're fucking too. How'd you? It's impressive that you could say that so clearly, being two. But how did you learn about it? Um. But yeah. Um. Yeah. This was. Uh. I had to put it in. I. I just. You have no idea how hard it was to make this fucking list, guys. But it is what it is. I'm sh- actually. I'm sure if I thought about it and and I get scrutinized over this, then. I'll change my mind about certain certain things. These are just like, it is what it is for now. Who knows? The list might change. I might be like, no, I did it that better. Yeah, I, I like that one better. Ah. There's going to be, there might be a lot of honorable mentions at the end of this. Or, mm, number seven. Trip to Brighton Grove Smelled like a loo dog inside the van Oh yeah This ain't no Oh you guys know Sublime baby party Sublime At the door It gets so real sometime Who wrote my rhyme I got the microwave Got the VCR I got that deuce deuce in the trunk of my car Oh uh, yeah If you only knew All the love that I found It's hard Oh yeah, sorry I could just listen to this stuff You guys know it, it's Sublime April 13th, 1999 I mean, jeez Yeah, 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 I knew it, that wasn't right Sublime is the third and final studio album By America's ska punk band Sublime Produced by Paul Leary and David Kahn, the album was released on July 30th, 1996. So yeah, still right in that area, all these songs that really shaped me. But this was actually later on after 96. It was uh, probably in 2000, 2000, where I really listened to this record all the time. There's another another band to put me into a different genre, you know, and let me explore different things as far as just culture and everything. Learn learn about Bob Marley this way. You learn about all these reggae island music, and uh, you could even get into dance hall and calypso and all this stuff in the in the Virgin Islands and things like that. Puerto Rico, Cuba, Jamaica. And it's um, pretty, pretty awesome, man. So, and you know, this, there's a lot of records that I listen to from those, but 
I have to give props to all the people, all the records in my life that uh, really uh, introduced me to a lot of things. So this is definitely the album for that, for this. Anything that this is from, I tried to learn about as well. Uh, yeah, so love it. To the day I die. All right, and now we're on number nine. Jeez, already. Number nine is uh, not a full record, but it's by the band Credence Clearwater Revival. And this is what I really tried to get into the past, like into the roots of our parents, you know, or even our grandparents. Uh, Our parents were boomers, so a lot of their heroes existed during the 60s and 70s. A lot, mostly 70s for them, but... uh. The 60s was like they're ch- they were like kids still, teenagers, like really young. And that's same with us. So 60s were kind of like their 90s in a sense, I guess, for me. It, the, my 90s was their 60s in a sense. In a sense. And uh, and it, it got me into this. And, I'm, and all this spawned a lot of the stuff that I liked. So I had to get into it. And this record was a fe- Creedence Clearwater revival featuring John Fogarty Chronicle, the 20 greatest hits. And this actually came out in the 70s this chronicle record it was uh 20 greatest hits released january 1976 by fantasy records Now, this stuff will always make me feel good, man. I just, right now, listening to it, this really, the the way it hits the speakers, there's a space to it. There's like this ambience. And it reminds me a lot of those war movies, like a lot of their stuff. They would use a lot of CCR in those type of movies. And it was this old Americana warm Americana type of music that made you that <laughs> most of us classic American guys lie, love we love this and this well, right along with 4th of July and shit <laughs> let's listen to some CCR cruise around in an El Camino I never did any of those things well I love 4th of July and I love CCR I don't think I ever drove an El Camino or in the back of one. But, uh... Yeah, this is the type of stuff, man, I was really getting into, like... And I had, like, moments where that's all I could hear, listen to was classic rock, and this was one of the bands. I had this in my car when I started driving. And I'd listen to this all the time. Just feel-good rock and roll. And uh, here we go. Yeah, it was great. Um, don't have much to really say about this. Uh, the influence was learning blues, like type of understanding music. Not really playing it too well. I suck at guitar, but just appreciating that old sound, that uh, classic rock and roll sound. And then, you know, this later on got me into. I mean, phew, I mean, the Beatles are amazing. I don't have. I don't have one of their records on here because uh, it wasn't until recently I started 
just listening to Abbey Road all the way. Like it wasn't until my thirties where I started listening to Abbey Road like avidly, Abbey avidly. But uh, so this just encompasses all. It, to me, I feel like this represents that part of me too. All that classic music, you know. And um, I feel like Boys to Men also introduced me to funk and um, soul music, you know, uh, along with our uh, Ray Charles and stuff. Uh, Hip hop, R and B, like the Boys to Men stuff. The it was a disc. It was like a branch of disco, and then a lot of the hip hop that you listen to took uh, disco and funk music, you know, and kind of sampled that stuff. And uh, so I dove into that as well. So all these things kind of go into something, you know, kind of branch into something for covers a lot of the bases for a lot of stuff. But um, here is number ten. And I have to do, it has to be on the list or else I'll get, somebody will, I think somebody will hunt me down, literally, and and shoot me in the head if I don't have this on the list. And I'm not putting it on because I'm afraid somebody will shoot me. (laughs) But it was if I forgot about this. But, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of things people want to shoot me for this list, too, so. But this is, like, not, this. if somebody doesn't like this album, it's kind of like somebody saying, I don't like pizza or something. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> it's obvious. The whole record. Is and, and and also how that time of your life, if you haven't already knew about this, uh, if you're anywhere close to being my age, 39 years old, um, syncing up this album with Wizard of Oz. Sorry if I'm not talking right. I bit my tongue sleeping, <laughs> so it's like swollen inside my mouth, and I keep wanting to bite my tongue. Anyway. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, this is, uh, it syncs up with The Wizard of Oz perfectly. It's almost creep, it's creepy. It fits so perfectly. It's fucking creepy. If you haven't done it, I implore you to do that. As soon as you can, when you get a chance. Um, there may be a version on YouTube you could watch, but I doubt it. If there is, I try to do it. There's always somewhere in the middle where they screw it up and they put a song that's not on this record. Um, best way to do it, I guess, is, and I think organically, and I th- is to really take time out and get really, really high and get the album and get the movie. And if you need to play them on two different devices, then so be it. That's how we had to do it. So do that. And I think it's like the the first lion roar or after the first or second lion roar. I don't know. Go and look up exactly when uh, you're supposed to sync it up. I'm sure the internet will tell you. Or you could find a version online. I'm, I mean, whatever you do, just do that. And you'll be blown away. There's times where the lyrics match up with what's going on in the scene. There's sounds that relate to what's happening in the scene. 
there's moments where the munchkins are dancing munchkins are dancing along with money it's unbelievable um the lunatic is on the grass there's i think there's a point where the witch is actually in the grass when he says that it's just insane it all kind of goes together and um it's all in random chance it's all it's crazy how time works and uh it there might be something mystifying about it or it's just completely, you know, random and what do you call it? Coincidence. There we go. But even then, it's still amazing. And I suggest they do that. If you if you don't smoke weed, then whatever. Drink some like relaxing tea or something. I don't know. <clears throat> But yeah, that was number 10. And, um, a couple honorable mentions. I'll say like, uh, there was a Christmas album when I was a kid that my mom would listen to. One of them is like, I can't stop you. But this I'm is also honorable mention Ray Charles. This guy has inspired me so much and has made, moved me with his songs. He's another gospel guy. It's useless to say And I love how he'll take these notes and go up with them Because in, in 90s and grunge and a lot of the other things They went down with the notes Oh, oh And he and Ray Charles did the Oh, oh And I love that It had so much like sincerity That we once knew This shit makes me want to cry, man. I love it. Here's a broken heart. But time has to still. Since we've been apart. This is a uh, gospel music. It's uh, the type of music where you're, you're glorifying something. In this one, in case it's love, you know. But in gospel, it was all about love. And it, he uses that same chord progression, chord progression too, these gospel chord progressions and these lifts and these, like, sometimes key changes at times. But the, the, this was a little bit more holy roller than what my church did, but there was a lot of that also since we did... Our church was in Lorraine, so we had a lot of that influence too. It wasn't, uh, but it was, uh, this is also Southern too, so it, there was, this was also there. That real soulful, 
real soulful music. And then uh, a lot of the black churches did that around the area. And Baptist as well. So it all it, it all bled. We all bled together. It was like it all it was all part of that Baptist gospel background. And then he used that and uh, got real successful with his amazing voice and talent. And uh, made some really good hits with with that with those gospel roots. Love this guy's voice so much. Oh my god. So um in the and I'm giving him props at the after the list is because this is such an inspiration throughout my life. But I didn't have like a, a album, you know what I mean? Like a Ray Charles album. Like this is the album I love. It's just I know I loved every single song he's ever sang. Of dreams of yesterday. Of yesterday. Yeah, um, another honorable mention, I guess. I could go ahead and, uh, I mean, I might just leave it there. I mean, there's so many more. I could just keep going with these albums, you know? But I had to touch on the ones that really impacted me, and I feel kind of like in a sense created an accent for like if i was to talk i talk how i talk but like i i i'm having a hard time explaining this creating a foundation and an i it's almost as if it created brain matter um i have a lean like the way i lean and walk and feel is a lot of these records did to me so and um it's it's important i mean no these are my roots and then my then we could get back to really like some roots man i can if I, if you guys really want to know, like another big roots, we'll go. Um, S. Joel Norman featuring Daniel Doss. They're doing a, a a gospel hymn that I grew up with. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's um. This is another one that's kind of like it's just very gospel, and then, I mean, it gets into a lot of like these like super roots. Like there's some country in there that was southern. You know, we had a, a day called Roundup Sunday once a year. Everybody would come show up with jeans and flannels, cowboy hats, or it was just it wasn't all just cowboy hats. It was very. Oh, like, well, yeah, round up, like, get, be relaxed and, like, down on the farm. And there'd be, like, hay, stacks of hay on the, in the front, and the preacher preached on a giant stack of hay. <laughs> giant stack of hay as a pulpit. Hath provided 
But yeah, there was uh and, and a lot of like uh old like singy people. Um and there was a lot of stuff in the sixties that our church related to. It was like that singing stuff like the Letterman, uh very like quartet, doo wop and like sixties doo wop and um kinda leaked into all that too. But uh man, I'm telling you, I'm a uh, contrary to the list, it goes a long way. There's a lot of stuff my roots have showed me and throughout the time of all the rock and roll and where it leads you and um, what other type of music you end up listening to. Um, it's it there, it's all connected somehow. And uh, so I, I ain't no uh, I ain't no slouch. I love music. I don't just listen to one genre. It is weird. Those people though in life you'll meet and i'm not saying those are bad people that just listen to one thing but i don't know how they do it that that to me that would be like eating pizza like every day (laughs) you don't eat anything else you just eat pizza (laughs) like if i just listened to like just rock rock and roll all the time just nothing else like i mean that covers a lot of stuff but i guess there's the rock and roll hall of fame and that has a lot of hip-hop in it so like i don't know just it's like listening to blues all the time there's a lot of there's a whole world out there, but yeah, man, that about that about wraps it up. I think for the top ten. Hope you guys enjoyed the list, uh, or tell me to go fuck myself. I don't, I don't know. But this is it is now January seventh, the first end of the first week of 2023. So I'm gonna try to keep getting some episodes in there every week now, and I hope they're good, man, because uh, it's hard to get a a co-host. So if you know anybody that wants to help produce and be a co-host and Commit to one time a week. Let me know. Typically Friday nights and Saturday nights. And uh, we'll see what we can work out. Or if it's a night in the middle of the week, we could do that too. But uh, let me know if you're interested. And uh, I'll see what I can do. Taking, uh, I'll take some uh, auditions. How about that? But yeah. All right, dudes. Love you. Peace. I am out of here. Thank you.